0: Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 109. My guest today is Cynthia Cynthia and I met recently at a solo women RV gathering in Quartzsite, Arizona. And when Cindy came up to me and told me that she was a fan of the podcast, I asked her what kinds of shows she liked. Did she like the interviews, the solos, the informational shows? And she said that her favorite interview was with my guest, Angie, um, Angie Peacock, who, um, who talked a lot in her interview about road magic and amazing people that you meet while you're traveling. And so, um, and then Cindy told me that she had a couple stories like that of her own. And so I asked her to come on the podcast today to share those stories with you. And I hope you enjoy them as much as I did. Let's listen in. Well, hello, Cynthia. Hello, Kathy. Hey, my guest today is Cynthia. And Cynthia and I met at a solo women RV gathering. And, um, and Cynthia came up to me at that gathering and she told me that she listens to this podcast and she told me some of the stories that she resonated with, which were about finding road magic and... Uh, the kind of angels that you meet out there on the road. And she told me some of her stories and I was like, you need to come on the podcast and share your stories with us. So Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Thanks for inviting me. Yay. Okay. So before we jump into your story, so why don't you give us a little bit of your background, how long you've been traveling, if you're full or part time, what you travel in, that kind of thing.
0: Well, I retired in 2019, right before COVID, <laughs> and um, I uh, I wanted to travel, so I bought a trailer. I bought a little trailer, the first one. This is my second one. I'm in now. I'm in a bigger trailer now. I drive a big truck uh, that I used. I bought that I used to haul horses. I've I've had horses my, almost my whole life, and I've been hauling horses for about 30 years and i had the truck already so i wasn't going to get a new one because they're so expensive but it is a 2002 so it's an older truck um and then i bought this trailer so i have really been kind of working on this, this part-time traveling for the last 3 years the first year and that that's the year i will talk about my first angel experience okay i was only on the road for maybe 5 weeks the second year last year I was on the road for about six months and this year I left September 18th and I'm not going to get back before the end of March back to Washington that's where I live so I I keep increasing it that's kind of like me too that's how I've been doing yeah yeah and and it's funny because when I get home from these trips first of all I don't want to sleep in the house I want to sleep in the trailer and second of all I can't wait to get back on the road again. I mean, within a week, it's like, why am I here? I just want to go again. Nice. Yeah. So um, it's just become very addictive.
1: It Um, is. It is an addictive lifestyle. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of where I am. I'm retired and um, just traveling. Um, And I have friends and family in various places in the West. And so I tend to, you know, kind of, start there. And then I keep going from there.
1: Nice. Well, cool. So let's stop into like, so you said these um, incidents happened during your first year of travel. So let's talk about the first incident where you run into an issue and you needed
0: Uh. well, why don't you just tell it? Okay. Well, that first year um, I was headed, I went to Red Lodge, Montana. I for a wedding. And actually my brother was accompanying me in his van because this is a big family thing. And the reason I'm going to even mention Red Lodge about this trip is because well first of all my truck was overheating on this trip. Um I remember going over Lolo and not wanting to believe that my temperature gauge was way too high. So I, the reason I'm mentioning Red Lodge is I don't know if you recall those big rains that happened in 2021
1: where oh is that where yellowstone got flooded yeah
0: yes well so did red lodge and rock creek goes through red lodge and and the campground i was in my trailer was backed right up to rock creek i mean right up okay okay so and then it started raining um after the wedding that night it started raining really hard and it was raining so hard i could hear the boulders being moved in the creek Mm -hmm whoa and and the next morning it was raining horribly and there was a woman and husband at the fifth wheel next to me and she and i were walking and she said do you think we should move up (laughs) and i said yes i said you need to get out of here i said this creek is rising i said i have watched it rise this morning just behind my trailer i said i'm on my way to sheridan wyoming so i'm out of here but i said you need to get up and out anyway Long story short, there, there's a, there's a bridge that you have to cross into Red Lodge going over that creek. And I crossed it, and I have some video of it, of how high that creek was in Red Lodge. That day, later that day, that bridge was taken out by Rock Creek.
1: Oh, my God. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's how bad it was. Okay. My brother was going back to Newport, Oregon where he lived he left that morning but he went over Beartooth Pass and he actually went on the road in Yellowstone that was washed out. but it was before he got there. I mean he, I mean it was after he got yeah there. so both of us were like okay but so I went to Sheridan, Wyoming and um, had a great time. I won't even go there. so eventually I made my way to Custer South Dakota. Cause I wanted to see the crazy horse monument. That was like one of the major, major mm-hmm. goals that I had, which was absolutely one of the most best places I've ever been. And I hope I get to go back. So from there I had a, res- now this is my first year out. So I reserved everything. Oh yeah, time. yeah. Okay. I had this yeah. whole trip planned out. Yeah. Everything. And so when I left there, I was headed for Riverton, Wyoming to stay at a Harvest Hosts. And I was really excited about it because it was a horse farm, you know, and I'm a horse Mm, person. mm -hmm. I was really excited. So to get there, I had to drive from Custer down through the middle of nowhere Wyoming to Casper and then catch highway 20 to eventually to get to Riverton. So I get to Casper and um, I'm having a great drive. You know, there's nobody on the road. It's Wyoming, the middle of nowhere. Lots of antelope. And then about 20 miles out of Casper on this highway, my truck dies. And I don't know what's going on. I mean, my truck just sort of like died. It stopped. Now, I got off the highway, but this highway is two lanes. The speed limit is 70 miles per hour. Plus, I mean, really in Wyoming, everybody just drives as fast as they want. Kind of like Montana. And there was just enough of a shoulder that I have a dually truck. I was just, just barely able to get my outside dually, you know, on my driver's side on the white line because on the other side was a huge drop off. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was just wide enough to get my truck and trailer off. So it was about 90 degrees. I had my dog. She's a German Shepherd. You know, now I have no air conditioning. It's hot. Trucks are just whizzing by me and I'm kind of worried. So I called my insurance company to get a tow and they said, okay, we're going to contact somebody and we'll call you back. They called me back and said, we found somebody. They're going to be out there in about an hour. And I said, okay. All right. So let me back up a little bit. When I got, before I got to the point where my truck died, I had passed a woman Wyoming road worker on the side of the road. And I just remember it was a woman because I mean, she was a woman and I passed her when I got, when I had the problem and it was on the road side of the road, she passed me and she kept going. I was hoping she'd stop, but Mm. she kept going. None of the trucks stopped. Nobody stopped. Everybody was just whipping by me. So in a little while, I got. I, I finally ventured out because I had to get my dog out to let her go to the bathroom. It was so dangerous because, there, I mean, for me to open my door, it was taking up the lane. That's how close it was. So anyway, we get out there and we get back in the truck. And my insurance co- company calls me again. This is after waiting almost an hour in the, this heat and he's talking to me and telling me that the tow truck company has decided they're not going to come and get me oh yeah and then so in the like right before he called the wyoming road worker went by me again in the opposite direction towards casper then well he's ta- i'm talking to him and about in tears i'm not kidding i i'm pretty tough i've 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 had a lot of experiences especially with horses and things I've I've driven alone so many years. I was getting a little upset. Um, Anyway, she comes by again, and now she pulls off in front of me, my truck. And I'm on the phone with this guy trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And she comes up, and I'm on the phone. He's on speakerphone, and she said to me, Are you okay? I've passed you three times. I said, No, I am not okay. And I said, now my insurance company is telling me that the tow truck they called will not come and get me. And now he's trying to find someone else. And she's like, I won't say the words she used because we're on the (laughs) podcast, but it was basically like, blank that we are going to figure this out. So so I gave her the phone and she talks to the guy and says, Hey, I get her a tow truck. Are you going to pay her back? And he's like, absolutely. All she has to do is send us the receipts. And she said, fine. And she gets, she hangs up on him. She calls his tow truck and gets that all taken care of. She tells him exactly what I need and that I have the big trailer, that I have the big truck, that I'm stranded. And then we hang up. He says he'll be there in about 45 minutes. And then we hang up and she she sta- stood there a little bit with me, but she's standing in this row in this highway because she's at my driver's side door. And she said, I can't stay. I'm not even supposed to stop. We're not supposed to. But she said, I've seen you three times. She said, I could not let you sit here. Mm. And I said, And Well, I'm so glad you did, because I said, these guys weren't coming. So she left. So that was angel number one.
1: So the tow truck came.
0: Tow truck came. He unhitched my trailer. It was a semi tow truck. Okay. This was a huge tow truck. We had to get Sophia, my dog, up in the back seat of his of his truck. So we, I have a ramp. So we got her up the ramp. And we got her in the back seat of the tow truck. He unhooks my trailer, winches my truck up, hooks my trailer back up to the tow truck. And away we go.
1: Oh, so your,
0: your truck's on the trailer and then
1: your trailer's being towed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right.
0: I know. I mean, he brought out the perfect rig for this. And my dog is in his back seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there's still nowhere to turn around. We had to go about 20 miles before he found a place to turn us around oh my gosh um, so got, yeah so he got us turned around he was so nice and on the way back he's like okay we got to get you a diesel mechanic so he starts making phone calls so he gets one he gets the first one he wanted wasn't available the second guy calls yep we'll take her and then he says to me we got to get you a place to stay and he says i'm thinking you need to go to that koa there was a koa i passed coming into casper it goes, let's, let's call them and see what they can do. So called them and he, and he's on the, I'm on speakerphone. He's telling them, Hey, she just broke down on highway 20 and we got to get her a place to stay because her truck has to get fixed. And they're like, bring her in. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he takes me to the, the KOA. He gets my trailer all set up. We get it all leveled. We get it out unhooked and everything. We get that all set up. Sophia's still in the back of his truck, my dog. Get back in the truck with him. We go to the mechanic. He drops off my big truck. I get arrangements. I give all the contact information to the mechanics. Then he takes me back to the KOA, me and Sophia, and gets us all set up. Like, just making sure that we're okay. Wow. And the KOA was fantastic. The The people there, they came out. They were, like, helping me and Sophia became a head. Every morning I'd walk down to the office and get coffee with her and she was always welcome inside and they always had treats for her, and they just loved her. And so anyway, I ended up being there for five days and these mechanics were so good. They would call me one, one to two times a day. Um, it took about four days for them to fix it, to get parts and everything. But the thing is, I lost all the oil in my truck and a diesel truck has about 15 quarts of oil. Wow. Yeah. Most of it was on the back of my trip, on the front of my trailer, on the back of my truck, and in the engine compartment. They steam cleaned my engine three times to get it. Wow. But anyway, and they did not, oh my gosh, I didn't even, they did not charge me. Okay. So those were my angels on that first trip. Okay, so tell
1: me what the issue was with your truck that they fixed, real quick.
0: Well, it wasn't quick. Um, I had blown mm-hmm. a gasket.
1: <laughs> no, but tell me quick.
0: <laughs> I had blown a gasket. It wasn't the head gasket. It had. It was one of the gaskets to do with the uh, with the the diesel uh, cylinders. It, you know, my truck is twenty two years old. Um, parts are aging. Mm-hmm. I mean that's inevitable. If it would have been a head gasket, I would have lost my entire engine. It would have been bad, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a few other th- things. I was, you know, I told you I was overheating. I asked to put a temperature gauge in because all I had was an idiot light and I didn't know if it was reading true or not. So they put a temperature gauge in and that was very helpful because then I knew what the temps were. I knew what my max temp was before I had to like stop I had different techniques I could use, like going up. You know, I went over the Continental Divide like six times on that trip, Mm. and so I had various techniques I used to keep that temperature down without blowing up. Um. So, yeah. So, by the way, okay. So, like I said, I was originally on my way to visit the Tetons,
1: Mm. and this is
0: okay. So. I decided that was not a good idea because of Teton Pass. I was going to go over Teton Pass into Idaho to visit family. And um, I actually called the Harvest Host in my RV park in Dubois, uh, Wyoming, where I was going to stay to visit the Tetons and canceled both of those reservations. Um, Here's the thing. These are the lessons I learned from that breakdown.
1: Okay. What are your lessons?
0: i think this is important for all of us first of all like i said i planned this trip i had everything planned like every park every stay how many days things were paid in advance i mean i was like on a mission i was gonna see this 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 and this and i was going here here and here well when my truck broke down that plan just kind of went to the wayside i mean it forced me to stay in Casper, Wyoming for like five days. And I realized that was a good thing. I needed that break.
1: Oh, like, okay.
0: I was pushing myself way too hard. Like, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a solo traveler. I have a travel trailer. It's not small. You've seen it. I mean, it's a lot of work to set that thing up and to hitch it up again and break it down and It's nothing driving it. My truck can, I don't even know it's back there. But setting up camp and breaking camp is always a little hard. And um, things are heavy. So it forced me to stop. And I didn't have a car. So I'm at the KOA. And um, I found some parks. I'd walk Sophia to. And then there was a tavern right behind me that sold food. So after I figured that out, I went back there and got a beer and a a pizza once in a while, right? Yeah. And so it forced me to take a break. And um, the other thing is, is that I think I was meant not to go over Teton Pass. I think that if that breakdown hadn't happened... And I would have tried to get over time with my truck overheating like it was. I think we could have been in big trouble.
1: Mm. Big
0: trouble. And I, I really do think that there was a reason I didn't get to keep going. Okay. And get, go over that pass. Okay. So, um, but anyway, the taking a break part was important um, as well. And that has changed how I've traveled. Okay. Um so that one worked out. I mean, I got home, I got my truck fixed. Um it turned out I needed a new radiator. Got that done. So this trip um the one you're on right now? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well let, wait, that was yeah, that was 2021. 2022 I went for 6 months. My I never had a breakdown. Okay. Which was nice. But also, I never went to Wyoming. This trip, I left September 18th, and I headed for Billings, Montana again (laughs) by myself. I didn't have my brother with me this time. Spent a week there with my family, and then I headed down to, I went to Cody. I haven't been to Cody since 1983, and I wanted to see it again, and I hadn't been to Yellowstone since 1983, so I wanted to see it again. I um, was just there a few days, and then I drove to Rock Springs, Wyoming, and I was going to stay there for a couple days, and I wanted to go around Flaming Gorge, um, just with the truck, not with the trailer, and just kind of check it out to see if it's a place I wanted to, to go and stay. Also, I wanted to mention I stayed at the Sweetwater Events Center in Rock Springs, Wyoming, and I cannot recommend that place highly enough oh, okay. if any of the visitors are going to Rock Springs. It's reasonable, it's safe. They have a great dog park there. They have great areas to walk. Um, and for Rock Springs, I mean, it it was actually, and the people there were some of the nicest people I've ever met. So anyway, I go to Rock Springs, I'm driving around Flaming Gorge and a check engine light comes on the truck.
1: <laughs> so, you don't have the trailer on you though?
0: No, no, i okay. I I'd come in the day before And I was only going to stay a few days so I could just check out I could check out, you know, Flaming Gorge. I get back into town. I pull off and I I start, you know, Googling a diesel mechanic. The first one I call, she says, well, we only work on semis, but I go to this one guy. I'll give you his number. So I called him. Oh, yeah. Bring your truck in. So anyway, they they worked on my truck for four or five days. They were so cool. I mean, these are my second angels. I'm telling you, they, okay. were, uh, they were having trouble with parts. And so I ended up staying in Rock Springs for like five days. Okay. <laughs> and every day they keep telling me, well, we're not quite ready yet. So I'd have to go back to the managers of the park and say, well, I need another night. And the woman was getting like so feeling bad for me because the truck was not operating that she started like she didn't even want to charge me any money to stay mm. there. So, so um, anyway, one of the days the truck was supposedly fixed, and so he says, I want you to drive this truck around. And I said, Okay, I'm I have total faith in him and the truck. So what do I do? I go out in the middle of nowhere, BLM. So I can go see the wild horses. Uh huh. Now he had given me a card of this friend of his. And he said, now, if you go out there and you get stuck, call this guy. He's my friend. He will come and get you. No problems. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, it worked out great. I didn't get stuck. And I saw the most beautiful wild horse herds out there. Okay. I was just thrilled. I was thrilled. Um, he was so worried about me traveling alone. He, <laughs> He's like, you know, I have lots of guns. I could bring you a gun. <laughs> oh, my God. I know I said no I said I really don't want a gun I said I got Sophia my German shepherd I think I'm pretty safe I said I've been doing this for a while but I appreciate it he he didn't even charge me for some of the parts and they all got attached to my dog he wanted to take her home then (laughs) so when I finally got to leave Rock Springs I left. I had to go through Flaming Gorge and over a pass because I was going to Dinosaur Monument in Vernal, Utah. And of course, I went through a blizzard and I got through that, got through the blizzard and got to Vernal. But the next day he had sent he sent me a text. He want to know how I was doing, if I was Wow. if I needed anything. And they had told me, you know, he told me, he said, when you come back, he said, if you ever come back, even if you don't need work, just come and stop and see us. What? I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, all I can say about this is, is that for whatever reason, I seem to be breaking down in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, every time I do break down in Wyoming, I find my angels and I find very, very, very nice people who do not rip me off, who worked on my truck, who were so helpful. I mean, I, I can't even tell you what a blessing these people were. That's amazing. And so anyway, that's it. I mean, that's kind of the thing. So what are there. the
1: lessons from that trip?
0: Well, I don't really know. I mean, other than, you know, I wasn't su- in, su- in such a hurry this time. You know, mm. I I had reserved in up to Rock Springs because I was staying at a park. But after that, I hadn't really figured out where I was going to stay. Like, I didn't have anything in Vernal until I knew the day I was going to leave. And then I just stayed at a state park down there during, or it was a, yeah, it was a Utah state park near one of the reservoirs. Um, I just stayed there for a couple of days. And by the way, Dinosaur National Monument was one of the most incredible places I have ever been. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not just the dinosaur stuff, but the petroglyphs down there in this canyon were just spectacular. And then from there I went on to Capitol Reef and and I want to go back there in the fall. I just Utah, I love it so much. I love it. I it's love gorgeous. it. It's gorgeous, yeah. Last year I stayed almost a month. Well, I stayed almost 2 months in Kanab, Utah, so I got to go to Zion and Bryce. But that year was when we had all the rain and storms coming into California. And so uh, there was so much snow. I couldn't go on very many hikes and stuff. I don't know. I I guess it is that now that these breakdowns has, has happened to me, not that I want them to happen again. But, you know, I think we worry about that a lot.
1: I know I do. Yeah. I worry about breakdowns all the time, especially when my old van was breaking down all the time that, I mean, when I bought this new one, that was one of the things I was like, my first few days driving, I was just so anxious. Every little sound I thought was, you know, I just glued to all the, um, all the, the dials on my dashboard and like, yeah, I was just, and even now still like, I'm anxious if I get out of cell coverage.
0: But anyway, the other thing I guess I'd say is because of the worrying about the breakdowns, um first of all you need to have good roadside assistance, but and 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 the was it Angie that gave the the other talk? Angie. Uh, the one
1: that we talked about who talked about finding angels on the road. Yeah, that was Angie. I can link to that episode in the show notes if people want to go back and listen. That was one of my most inspiring interviews that I personally have had.
0: Well, you know, her point was, and, and I think my point is, too, is that. um, Yeah, we have to be worried. We need to maintain our vehicles and things, but we can't plan for everything. And we have. We don't have to be afraid we I was very afraid when I when I broke down near Casper uh the situation just caught me so off guard but now that I've been through this a, a little bit I'm not so afraid and I've realized there are people out there that will help us mm-hmm. if we need help mm-hmm. and I don't think we need to be afraid um so I think that was a lesson I learned as well I'm just a lot calmer but I'm like you. Every time I hear something odd, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, do I need to take it to the diesel mechanic today? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, what's going on? Right. Mm. But anyway, so I think that's about it. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I have an idea. Maybe one of the things that the universe is trying to tell you is that you need to spend more time in Wyoming.
0: I know. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I, I love it there. I mean, it's such an incredible place, as you know. You've been there. You've been to the Tetons and Yellowstone. And every time I've been there, I have I have found incredibly wonderful people. I really have. I will say, though, it's very, very windy. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the wind never stops blowing. In fact, I thought we were having a tornado one night at the KOA And my trailer was moving around so much. And I was watching this kayak that was attached to this class C next to me, just moving all over in the wind and hoping that thing wasn't going to come, you know, detach from itself in the middle of the night and hit me. But um, it is very, very windy in Casper. But I do find people there to be very nice and very, very helpful. And at least my experience has been they've been very honest.
1: Very good. Awesome. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, Cynthia, thanks so
1: much for coming on and sharing your tales. I think they're going to help a lot of people. I know, yeah, for myself, like the more times I break down, the more I realize, you know what, every time I've broken down, even the time I did break down with no cell coverage, I was able to hop on my bike and ride to find a ranger and get rescued. And And we travel with our homes. So if worse comes to worst, we can always just bed down for the night until we can find something, you know, find a way out. So, except for... If we're, that um, was when you were in <laughs> Yellowstone,
0: right? Yeah, that was when I was in I, Yellowstone, yeah. I remember yeah. that podcast. Well, you have good luck on your travels, getting back, and uh, hopefully we will meet up again on the road. I think we will. Yeah. And, um, also it was so great meeting you. I mean, like I said, I told you, I've been listening to your podcast for two years. So it was like, I'm meeting this famous person.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, it was so sweet to meet you. And, and, um, the other folks that I met who also listened to the podcast and let me know that. It's just nice because sometimes I feel like I'm talking out into the void here. I mean, I see those numbers. I see, you know, that people are listening, but to put faces to it and to really hear from people the specific things that they like about it is really helpful and is really propelling me to keep doing this. It is kind of a labor of love. So thank you so much for saying all that.
0: Yeah, I hope you do keep doing it because it's a very, very useful tool for us. And also, when I'm on the road, I I, I save your your Thursday podcast for when I'm driving somewhere, like I've got my my next destination. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to your podcast while I'm driving. And that's like one of my favorite things while I'm out here driving around.
1: Ah, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Well,
1: thank you so much, Cynthia. It's been great having you on. All right. Thanks, Kathy. I would love to thank Cynthia again for being my guest. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, everything will not go as planned. And that's a good thing. Number two, I know for me personally, one of my biggest causes of anxiety is the fear of breaking down. And I think if I ever do break down again, fingers crossed I don't, But I'm sure I will remember Cynthia's stories. And then number three, we talked about my interview with Angie Peacock. Uh, The title of her episode, her interview is called Being Human with Angie Peacock. And um, I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes so you can go ahead and listen to it if you haven't already or if you want to hear it again. And thanks again for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. As always, you can find more information about solo women RVing over on our Facebook group. Please join us or at solowomenrv.com where you can join the email list and just get more information about life on the road as a solo woman. So until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.